Welcome to Potpourri and Lanyap. This is episode one. Now, you may have listened to our pilot episode and thought, that's episode one, but you would be wrong. This is definitely episode one. We call that uh, broadcast math. You see, we uh, call episode two episode one so that you can be confused by what's called a pilot episode. But not to be confused, we are your host. I am Barry Wirtz. And I'm Jason Goodman. And uh, welcome back and thank you for listening. So today we just wanted to talk a little bit about uh, what the show is, who we are, and get a little bit more into what you can expect from the show. So Jason, uh, would you like to kind of kick us off with that? Sure. So first off, uh, you know, getting into it, we're going to be talking about, we're, we're going to introduce ourselves Tell us, you know, who we, who we are, tell you who we are. Um, and then probably talk a little bit more about the title of this podcast being Potpourri and Lanyap and what that means, uh, for those of you who didn't listen to, uh, the pilot episode. Um, and then a little bit of why we're doing this, um, you know, why, why spend the time doing this, this podcast, uh, in general. Uh, and then today we'll get into uh, art and culture. We'll talk a little bit about that. And since this is since this is the first episode, um, you know what that means for us as far as uh, Christians. What you know, what does that look like? Because all of our episodes will be formatted a certain way. We'll talk about certain topics, and, and the last topic we'll be talking about is, is heresy. Um, what does that mean um, for us? And so with that, I mean, our episodes will all be formatted a certain way. You'll, you'll get a main topic. Um, and then we'll talk about art in, in the culture that we live in. And, and we'll also talk about the heresy of the day. Or if we haven't seen a heresy of, of the day uh, <laughs> before we record, um, it just it may be something else. Um, the other thing you can expect, uh, you know, moving forward in, in this podcast is we, we will have guests from time to time, um, on here as well. And so, but today we're going to, we're going to, the main topic will be, you know, it'll be about us. Um, and then we'll get into the art, uh, what that means, what's that looks like for Christians and then heresy. What, what exactly is heresy and maybe what's, what's some historical heresies out there, uh, that might still be floating around today. Awesome. Yeah. So, um, I guess I'll go ahead and kick us off a little bit. So, um, as I said, my name is Barry, Barry Wirtz, and, um, I am currently a professor of film, um, at Lipscomb university in Nashville. I also, uh, teach speech classes there as well. And then I'm also a student there in their film and creative media department, um, kind of, extending my education so that I can be a more effective, uh, professor and know better, um, and more about kind of the craft and art of filmmaking. I also own a uh, production company with my wife and we do, um, wedding videography, event videography, um, and special events like that. So, um, as far as a little bit of history on myself. Um, I was a worship pastor for about 10 years. I've been a worship leader for almost 30 years, I guess. Um, and for a season was also a head pastor of a church that my wife and I planted. So um, very involved in numerous churches, still lead worship from time to time, um, but that's not my full-time job. So that is a little bit about who I am. Um, I mean, as far as st things that I like to do, um, do love to read when I have chance. Um, big fan of both both C.S. Lewis and J.R.R. Tolkien. Um, and then big movie fan. Um, film history is actually my specialty. So uh, I actually prefer older films over uh, newer films and even more so a big fan of silent films. So kind of one of those few people who has that quirk about me. But, uh, yeah, that's, uh, kind of who I am. And so that way, you know, whenever I say things or talk about any topic, you will hopefully have a framework from where I am coming from. So, yeah. 
Back at you, Jason. All right. Well, silent films. Love, love some silent films. So a little bit about me. So uh, I have a day job uh, doing some project management stuff uh, currently, but previous to, to that. So I'm, I'm retired Air Force, uh, been retired now for a few years. Um, but so spent majority of my life in the Air Force at this point. Um, but but retired now. So it, with, with all of that, um, you know, as far as being a Christian, uh, you know, grew up in a Christian household um, and then moved away in, in, in the, in the air force and <clears throat> walked, <laughs> walked out some, some things there, but <clears throat> eventually uh, ended up uh, back in church and, you know, I've done, done many of things in, in, in church, in the church, you know, from, you know, leading small groups to leading men's Bible studies and, and all of that. And then uh, like you, uh, we helped with a church plant, um, came on a little bit after it started um, there, but then ended up, ended up in ministry there uh, and was a, was a pastor for a short amount of time and was associate pastor for a couple of years and uh, there as well. And then, uh, you know, so, so it's a ministry there. I'm also, you know, as far as school goes, uh, bachelor's and master's degree from, from Liberty, both in, religious studies, biblical studies. Um, so, so quite a, quite a bit of schooling there as well. Uh, did, did most of my stuff online. Um, took me probably two to three times as long to get my degree, uh, than somebody actually going in person, but, um, <clears throat> but got, got my schooling done, um, with the intention of, of going in full-time ministry. So that was, that was my intention. Um, has not happened for hasn't happened at all really um because <laughs> the whole while with the church plant uh we i was doing uh, i was working so uh <clears throat> so that hasn't happened yet uh if if ever we'll see um but also you know married and uh you know have have a family and uh, we've been married for goodness uh 27 years now so we've been been married for a while um so that's, I think that's, that's it in a nutshell. As far as, you know, you, you got into your books and movies. So, so I'll cover that a little bit. I love to read as well. Um, I have a ton of, of books on the bookshelf, but my John, I'll, I'll say genres, uh, fantasy and sci-fi is where I, I tend to live. Uh, I'm not quite an expert on movies and film as, as Barry is here, but, uh, I do enjoy uh, movies. Have enjoyed movies for a very long time. I worked in a little small, small mom and pop video store back in the day, and I, we I think we watched every movie in that in that store. Just about um, you know couldn't couldn't get enough of movies. Uh, I'm kind of a kind of kind of a connoisseur of a lot of different things uh, for, between movies and uh, but sci fi fantasy movies as well is where I kind of live as well. Um, but I do like a large variety of things there in the movie world. And then music, uh, I live on, if you've listened to the pilot, you already know, I, I, I'm on the heavy, heavier side of music, but I like, I like a lot of different genres, but I, I definitely like the heavy stuff, um, hard rock, heavy metal, um, you know, those genres there. So I, I really have, I'm, I'm less educated on the, on the book and uh, movie and art side, but I've, I've, I'm very opinionated. So <laughs> that's all that matters. <laughs> I, have, I have plenty of opinion on, you know, everybody has their opinion on what they like and, and what they don't like. And, and I, I'm very opinionated. I will say that when I did start, I, I went to college for two years before I, I went in the military and uh, my, my, I started out, my degree was in radio broadcasting. So, so doing this podcast, is is very much um in in that vein for me uh you know 
in that vein of talk radio and, and all of that. So, um, that's, I guess that goes to that kind of leads into the, you know, why do this podcast? Right. So, um, for me, I, I like to talk and and that's not, it's not why you do the podcast, right? It's just because I like to talk. It's not, it's not why, but Barry and I were in, uh, you know, we were in, um, men's Bible study together at the last church we attended. And I think it was, we were going through the book of John. I mean, that's a pretty, it's a I pretty. I came after John, actually. <laughs> oh, what's it after John? It I mean, was after John. I figured it was a pretty good dart to throw at John because it's such a big target. Yeah. Um, that, yeah, it I, was the one right after it, uh, that I, book. Yeah, the spiritual disciplines. That's the one. So um, I, I had taught through the book of John and then uh, and I guess, well, I guess you came along and rocked we, your world. We started having some pretty good, I mean, we were already having pretty good discussions in the, in the Bible study, but Barry came along and we, we both, I think from my perspective, we both have a lot of things in common. I mean, we do disagree on some things, obviously, mm-hmm. but we have a lot of things in common. We kept looking at each other and going, goodness, we should, we should really do a podcast. I don't think, there's, I mean, I don't I haven't listened to all the podcasts, but I don't, I don't think there's anything like what we've cooked up here. So, well, and there's barely any podcasts out right now. So we're on the ground floor of <laughs> podcasting. So, um, you know, I think that this is a market that just is untapped right now. This podcasting thing. Yeah. I mean, we're on the cutting edge at this point, right? That's, that's right. And, you know, when it comes to opinions, you know what they say about opinions. So, oh yeah, I so, do. Um, you know, but yeah, you know, that's, that's, uh, does kind of explain a lot with, you know, the podcast. And I think that for us too, it was just something that we realized that, um, especially people our age, we grew up in a certain culture of Christianity. Um, not just like with church, but I mean, there's a lot that kind of came from the eighties and nineties with Christian culture when it was, you know, the advent of the Christian bookstores and um, even Christian television, Christian uh, music videos, Christian movies, all of this stuff where, you know, now we look back and it's like, there's this, this group of people who had that and you either know about it or you don't. And then as you become an adult and you move away from that group of people that you grew up with, it's hard to find those people who really you can relate to who know what it was like to be a Christian kid in the nineties and, you know, wearing Christian band t-shirts. Like, you know, I, I just was at my parents' house uh, for Christmas and looking through old pictures and like saw pictures of me in high school with the jars of clay shirt. And it was like, you know, that's, that's the stuff that we wore. And uh, which, you know, actually I think it was funny cause you're talking about when we, started talking at the uh, men's group. Um, I remember kind of the first time you and I had a conversation, you were wearing a DC talk free yeah. at last t-shirt. Yeah. And I was so, like, is that free at last? And so, <laughs> you know, but I think that that's kind of the, the reality is that there is this group of people who almost feel um, disjointed from their community because a lot of the things we had like that when we were kids aren't around anymore. Um, and so talking about it is, is, you know, unfortunately I feel like the people who are talking about it are the ones who really are seeking out to bash it, make fun of it, deconstruct it and not just kind of live in the nostalgia of some of it. I think that's, you brought up a, a word that I, you know, we, we both love and that's deconstructed. Right. And yep. I think that's another thing, right. I think that's another thing that's coming out of this for, for me, I don't know about for you, but there's all this talk about deconstruction. There's all this talk about, you know, with culture changing the way it is, you know, how are we dealing, how are we going to deal with this stuff as Christians? Right. So I think, I think, yeah, I, I think one, yeah, the nostalgia, because I mean, going back, 
but there's also other things that growing up in the eighties and nineties that we've had to work through as well. Mm -hmm. And I, I mean, satanic panic being one of them. Right. Um, right. so, you know, working through that, through the things, um, uh, you know, that, that you learned growing up, um, and then also moving forward in the current culture and how do you deal with that as well? Right. So, right. <clears throat> you know, kind of threefold. And I think rather than deconstruction, I like to say remodeling because I don't, mm -hmm. I don't throw out the foundation. Right. right. It's not, we're not throwing out, we're not throwing Jesus out of this. Um, so it may need to be a little bit of a remodel or rethink on some of the things we believe. Yeah. Um, you know, just based I, I, off of what we were, what we, how we grew up, but. Right. And I think some of it is, is not even remodeling. You know, it's, it's, we've come to this point where people believe, well, because there were cringy things in Christianity in the eighties and nineties, well, Christianity is cringy. It's like, well, no, Christianity existed long before yep. the eighties and nineties. What we need to realize is there was just some stupid things we did and you just kind of move on from them and, uh, it's okay to laugh at them. Um, but, but you don't run away from the church because we didn't get everything right. Well, yeah, right. I mean, it's not, or, you know, go find a, find a church that, you know, is on the cutting edge of the culture rather than holding fast to what, what they're supposed to. So, right. I, you know, I think it's all of those things of why we're doing this. I, mm -hmm. I, it, I, the more I, the more I think about this, the more I think about, well, why are we doing this? So are we just, I, I, there's a song that's out there. I can't remember who, if it's switch foot or skillet, um, but it's contributing to the noise. That's switch foot. Uh, yeah. So are we, are we a podcast that's going to just contribute to the noise or, are you know, we're going to be useful in, in the midst of all the other noise. So that's, that's kind of where I'm at. Mm -hmm. But that's not the name of our podcast. It's not, no, the, it's not the noise. So <laughs> it's potpourri and lanyard. That's the name that's of our right. podcast. That's right. And let's, uh, I guess we can talk about that since, uh, we've just said the name of the podcast. Just going diving a little bit more into that, and I know in the last episode we spent a brief little time on it, but uh, just to kind of reiterate a lot of that, um, as far as you know, potpourri, we've been talking about that a lot right now of potpourri just being like this mix of things. It's just kind of a uh, taking all these little elements, bringing them together, um, things that normally don't fit together, and you just kind of fit them together and make this uh, new thing with them. So you know, that's where we came up with that name of, of the potpourri, just all the different topics, um, the ways we're going to approach certain things. Sometimes, um, you know, they might be topics that are really fresh. Sometimes it might be something we saw a bumper sticker that we were like, Hey, we should talk about that. Um, so, you know, there's, there's going to be some, what seems random. Um, but hopefully we're going to bring it all together to where it's a cohesive, um, pot of smelly stuff. Yeah. And that's, you'll, you'll notice our you know, tagline that goes with mm -hmm. the potpourri piece of this as well. And that's, you know, really good mix of things that smells good to your ears. You know, that's just one of those things that we know your ears can't smell, but it's a podcast. So, and if they do, you might want to see somebody about that. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. So the the other piece of the title is Lanyap, um, mm -hmm. which we were we were going back and forth on the, the title, and I don't know Lanyap popped in my head. I'm I'm originally from South Louisiana, and it's a Lanyap is very much a Cajun term. Um, it means a little something extra, um, pretty much. Um, ha has to do goes back in with the you go to the store and the clerk would give you something in your bag that you didn't pay for or something extra. 
So um, that's called stealing in most uh, other states. Not when they give it to you. That's oh, okay. That's unless it's at gunpoint. <laughs> so you know, with with the something a little extra, um, you know, while we have this amalgamation of different things that we're you know bringing in and and mixing and and all within the conversations, you may pick up on a little couple of extra tidbits here and there. We may we may go off on a rabbit trail somewhere down the line. That's, that's your little bit extra. In we the, may in walk the, the plank, if you will. <laughs> Sorry, that's just a little foreshadowing for, for you. <laughs> um, well, you know, well, as long as it's not at sword point, I think we'll be all right, but that's right. Um, so yeah, the, the lane yap is, is the little bit of extra that you'll get such as Barry's last comment. Um, that's right. Kind of thing. So that's, that's the name. That's kind of how we came up with it. Um, and hopefully we can, we can do the name justice, uh, as we, as we move forward here, uh, with, with this thing, I, I, I just, you know, move before we move into, you know, the rest of the podcast, you know, we, for the pilot episode, we, we had a, we had pretty good, uh, you know, response to, to this. And that's, that's a, you know, backing up over a minute. That's another reason why we were continuing to do this is because, uh, we got pretty good feedback from you guys, from the listeners, um, which, which told us that there was a need for this. Um, and that, and, and oh, by the way, we have, we've had really fun doing it, a lot, you know, so far. Uh, I mean, I know we're only one episode, in at this point. Um, but, but we've had fun doing it. Uh, the conversations that we've had, you know, doing this. So, you know, thank you, uh, to you, you that are listening. Um, we appreciate the listens, the shares, the support, um, as we move forward. That's right. So that brings us to our second topic, I think. And that's, that will be art and culture. And so Barry, I'll, I'll shift it over to you for that. Yeah, art and culture is a really interesting thing because it is one of those topics that, I mean, we could spend forever discussing, um, you know, numerous ways we could look at it. And I, I think I want to look at two just briefly. You know, the first is kind of the question of does art shape culture? Does culture shape art? Um, and I think that that plays a role into the second thing or the second aspect of that is what we consider Christian art or Christians who are creating art. Um, should they be mutually exclusive? Should they be, you, you know, is there such a thing as Christian art? Um, I think Thomas Kincaid would argue yes. But um, what I mean by that though, it, it is again, going back to looking at where we ended up in the eighties and nineties and, and looking at, you know, things like Christian music. Um, that was something that came about from the Jesus movement in the sixties and seventies and out of California where you had all these musicians and artists who were formerly, uh, not Christian and, uh, they became Christian and they started creating this music to really showcase kind of the change in their life. Um, and I, I think for most of them, if you were to ask them, they weren't trying to create a subgenre uh, like what we consider now as like CCM. Um, you know, you look at like a Larry Norman, he wasn't necessarily trying to create this whole new thing. He was just creating music that expressed how he felt. Yep. Um, and what ended up happening was that art started to change the culture. And I honestly, I'll be honest, I don't know the history as far as if it was something where the Christian um, corporations saw this as something they could capitalize on. And so they created more of the subgenre of CCM, or if it was something where some of the more secular areas kind of pushed it out. And so forcing it to create um, its own, I would probably lean more towards um, it was something that, people 
that were Christian were trying to kind of have something that was their own. Um, and not that it's necessarily a bad thing. Um, I mean, I, I, I know growing up, um, and going to like the Christian bookstore, you know, one of the nice things was you didn't really question, you know, is this going to be appropriate? Is there going to be lyrics in here that as a seven-year-old I should be listening to? Um, so I know like for my parents, that was something that they liked was at least knowing, Hey, I could send my kid in there. They can buy anything off the shelf, um, outside of Striper. And, uh, it's not going to, uh, say cuss words. Um, but I think what ended up happening was it created this machine that, um, really separated art. Um, and so by creating that subgenre, it created this whole new thing that now we have this quote unquote Christian art, which I don't even really know what that means. Um, you know, is it art for Christians? Is it art by Christians? Is it art only Christians can enjoy? Probably most of it is only enjoyed by Christians. Um, but, you know, I think that there we're, we're coming to a point now where people are starting to look at that and say, okay, you know, that was something we did and we need to kind of step away from that. Um, and I, and I agree with it. Um, so you know, I can, I can tell a couple stories, but I don't want to completely capitalize this conversation. So I'll let you chime in here, Jason, kind of give your thoughts on it before I jump back in. So, um, as far as uh, you had mentioned something about, um, definition of Christian art, right. And, um, <laughs> there's a definition out there. So there's a couple of things, right? The there's a, there, I, I have a definition that I'll, I'll read for you in a, a moment. I kind of want to get your thoughts on that. Um, but the other is the Jesus movement. Like I know growing up, you know, my, my grandparents owned a Christian bookstore. It was attached to their church and they had the catalog. Now they didn't carry, it wasn't a big bookstore. They had like books and that was about it. And if I wanted any music, I, I could tell my grandmother, Hey, I want, I want this. Can you order it? Cause I'd have to go through the catalog. And, um, I, I, that's how I got some of my music, but then, you know, going to the mall or whatever, uh, you know, when grunge music hit and, and Christian grunge became a thing. Um, I remember we've the local bookstore in the mall didn't sell any music that was grunge um, or alternative. And so we had to drive like 45 minutes away. We found this little hole in the wall bookstore and, you know, that was selling it and, and we could get it. And so that was, that was pretty cool. Um, but, you know, Jesus movement, that's how I, you know, once I found, found out about Jesus, you know, res band, Larry Norman, you know, all those guys, I started going back because I wanted to know, well, where, where it, did we come from? And we're just talking about music. Like, we're, I mean, there's, there's Christian film out there. I mean, I remember, you know, uh, the first, the first rapture film, um, it, it's not the left behind series, you know, right. the, the first series of, and that's kind of where I first heard Larry Norman's music was in that film. I was like, who mm -hmm. is this? Right. And so, you know, different art bringing in different art and you discover certain things, but, um, so let me read you this definition. I kind of, kind of was looking at it. So this, this definition comes out of the evangelical dictionary of theology. Mm, um, big book. Yes. Yeah, very thick book. Um, kind of got curious, um, Cause it's like, all right, well, how, how do we Protestants define Christian art? Right. It, right. This, this is the official dictionary of theology. Let's, let's, let me look at it and see. Um, so Christian art, art is, that is Christian will be Christian art because the artwork meets the norm for art in the Lord's world and breathes a spirit of holiness 
that recognizes that our creaturely existence played by sin needs to be reconciled back to God in Jesus Christ. Okay. Caught about two-thirds of that. You, you want to read it understood again? About, no, I think I just understood <laughs> about two-thirds of, of it. Um, some of it I was like, okay. Um, so basically they're saying it is um, art that has the Christian undertones to deliver a specific message of Christianity. Well, the, I, th- I think the last part um, for me is what resonates. And that's, it points back to be that you need to be reconciled back to God in Jesus Christ. Right. Right. Um, to me, <clears throat> um, you know, I think there's there's podcasts out there that actually look at secular film and mm-hmm. and, and pull out what's the message for Christians and the, what what are the me- you know what right. themes and messages can you pull out? From yeah, there's spiritual. there's a couple of books on that as well that I yeah. had to read in college. Um, so, I, you know, I, I I see that part of it, and it's like, okay, well, you know, if you were to take that definition alone and pull it all the art that's in the Christian quote unquote Christian, you know, Christian music, Christian film, you know, do, do those fulfill that definition? And is that really what the definition of Christian art is? I know you mentioned one of the things of, well, is it just, you know, kind of alluded to, is it art versus a, you know, is it art that a Christian is doing? Right. Right. So. Yeah. And I think that that is where we're getting to um, when people think of Christian art. Um, You know, going back to music just real quickly, and I don't want to take a whole bunch of time on this because obviously, like I said, we could talk for days. We could do days on just Christian music, days on Christian film. But, um, you know, if you, you look over the last... 20 years and just listen to the Christian radio. And we went from what we called like CCM music, which were, you know, your Michael W. Smith, DC talk, uh, Christian bands we grew up with. And now it's just worship music. Um, it's completely shifted. You don't really have just Christian music on the radio of worship music on the radio. Yep. And I think a lot of the artists who we grew up with, they still make music that has those undertones and those themes, but they've stepped away from any type of classification as far as this is what we are. Cause otherwise they really are, if they're wanting to be part of that world would have to be doing worship music at this point. So I think we, you know, are seeing that shift. Um, one story I'll briefly tell, um, and this was, oh my goodness, 20 years ago when, um, going back to Switchfoot, their album, A Beautiful Letdown came out. Um, I remember, I mean, it was a huge cross, a whole bunch of barriers because they were a Christian band and A Beautiful Letdown comes out and their music's all over MTV, all over the secular radio stations. Yep. And I was working at Sears back at that time, back when Sears was an actual place, um, and in, in an existence. And, uh, I had this guy come in. And it was right around Christmas time and, and I was helping him with something and he, he was talking to his friend and they were buying gifts for his daughter for Christmas. And uh, I was listening to their conversation. He was like, um, okay, she wants this CD, um, but I don't know where to get it. And, you know, just kind of over here, I was like, oh, well, you know, what's the CD? It's like, it's, uh, it's called the beautiful letdown. It's like switch foot. I was like, oh, okay. I was like, yep. I was like, so um, go over to Best Buy. Also, back when Best Buy was still popular, I was like, and uh, go into the Christian section and they'll have it in there. And I was like, and if they don't have it in the Christian section, it's probably in their top 10 because it was like the big album at the time. Right. And the guy just looked at me. He's like, Do you say a Christian section? I was like, Yeah. He's like, This is a Christian group? I was like, Yeah. He's like, I don't think that's what my daughter wants. <laughs> I'm like, Well, that's what she has on her list. That's what she wants. So. <laughs> But that was the reality is people didn't realize that they were a Christian group because they were just making music. And, but I mean, you obviously, even if you go back and listen to that album, there's uh, clear, 
Christian themes throughout the whole yep. album. So, sure. um, you know, th- that's one band who, in my opinion, has always done a great job of just being who they are, making great music and not trying to put themselves in any type of box. So, yeah, I, I would agree. Um, I know John Foreman stirred up some controversy with some of his comments about Christian musician or musician just playing who was a Christian playing music, you know, that I know, I remember when that um, interview hit caused a lot of waves. Um, You know, one of the things that I think we just assume is that, well, you know, art is part of the world, but should we as Christians, like what should we as Christians be participating in it? Right. And it, um, you know, one of the things I think we need to keep in mind is that there's very much art in the Bible. Um, there's dancers and sculptors and people working with, you know, working their art into the metals, gold, silver, bronze. There's songwriters. I mean, the whole book of Psalms, we've got you know, there, and you've got what the first song was in Exodus, I think that's recorded in scripture. So, I mean, you've got storytellers as well. So it's not just, it's not just a cultural thing. It's, it's very much there in scripture all throughout, you know? Um, And so that alone to me tells, uh, tells me that we should be engaging in art that just that piece is, Hey, you know what they're in scripture. I mean, granted, you know, art can be used for, you know, to build a graven image or it can be used for the glory of God. Right. And so, you know, what are, what are we going to do? I think that's the other thing too. I think if you're a, a believer, then what you write about in song, whether it's what you're going through in life, or maybe it's a worship song. Um, whichever it is, in the end, as long as it's there to glorify God, I think you're. I, I think you're good. I mean, look at the book of Ecclesiastes, right? It's an uplifting book. Oh, very, very uplifting. But what's <laughs> how's the book end, right? With the, no, with I'm the just whole yeah. the whole purpose of man. Everything's right? vanity. Yeah, I mean, it's not. Um, you know, it's, and, and that's a poetic book. It's a book of poetry, mm-hmm. which is, you know, again, that's art. And if you were to just leave off the, you know, a verse or two of that book, would you really know? Right. It's right. You know, yeah. con- context is everything. Yeah. I, I think, uh, and I think what that definition that you read a few minutes ago, I mean, I think that the crux of it is it's not about the artist. It's about what the art points to. You know, if you want to say, okay, secular art, Christian art, okay, what is the art pointing to? What is it leading you to? Um, I think that's where you, we get that, you know, what is Christian art? Um, you know, it should be pointing to the creator, but not the human creator. It should be pointing to God. It should be showing the beauty of what he did, what he created. Um, I'm reminded of a talk that uh, Tim Keller gave and uh, he was talking about the book of Job. He was actually, I think, referencing somebody else's talk. Um, So this is like third hand. But he said, what's interesting about the book of Job is you have Job and he's complaining to God and he's saying all of these things. And like when you read Job, it's like, I mean, wow, you know, I mean, obviously he's going through a lot, but he's complaining to God. But it also says that his prayers were righteous before God. And what he points out is he was, he said, you know, it's not about necessarily that he was complaining or wasn't complaining. Because, you know, we we think about, oh, well, as Christians, or if it's Christian art, we shouldn't be depressed. We shouldn't be sad. Like it should all be happy and uplifting. He's like, but you look at the, the book of Job and it's sad. And he was righteous. And he said, because he was taking it to God. Yep. He took it to God. He didn't go and complain to his friends. He didn't go and complain to other people. He just went right to God. and was like, God, I'm upset. 
And God was like, hey, you're, you're, you're righteous because of this. And I think that that's where when we look at Christian art, sometimes it's not about, well, how uplifting is it or how happy does it make you feel? Because sometimes, you know what, even as Christians, we get depressed, we go through really bad things. But what are we doing with those emotions? What are we doing with those feelings? And I think that when it comes to Christian art, it is, what is that art leading people to? You know, it's if, if I'm listening to a song about a person who's depressed and in the end of the song, I'm like, just depressed and have no hope. Well, that didn't do me any good, but I might be like, yeah, I understand. And then feel like, okay, I need to, I got some, you know, my own things going on. I need to talk to God about this. That's where it's leading you to the right place. It's pointing you in that direction. Yeah. That's why I like the heavy stuff. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You know, it's, it's it's some of the best poetry is in the heavy stuff. Well, yeah. I mean, it's not, it's not what's on the radio. Right. Currently it's not Christian radio currently, which is mm-hmm. all worship music. And that's fine. Cause I, I have that on my, in my oh, yeah, definitely. playlist too. Right. Yep. There's, there's times for that, but some of the best poetry that I have found and, and those heavy bands do, do worship as well. So they do, um, you know, a quick story, one of the, and I know we've been taught, we haven't even really touched on movies or anything else, but you mm-hmm. know, there's other episodes for that. Yep. Um, one of the first times I, I heard heavy music and, and found out I could worship to it was I was in, I was on a trip with the youth group growing up and, and this druggy guy, it, it, he got saved and, mm-hmm. uh, our youth pastor, you know, somehow they introduced him to some like deliverance, you know, and some, some other heavy groups out there and, He's there with the long hair in the back of the bus, just head banging away. And I'm like, what in the world is going on, man? Because up, up to that point, I think the heaviest thing I'd listened to was like Petra probably. Yeah. Um, and, and I was like, what is, what is he jamming out to? Like, what's he listening to? And so I got to, got to, you know, he let me listen to some of it and I was like, man, I've got to, I've got to get into some of that stuff. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's, that, so that's, you know, it's it's all kinds of different art, um, and it's not just doing a painting and slapping a scripture on it to call it Christian art. Right. Um, you referenced Thomas Kincaid earlier. Um, that is one of the things that I don't think I ever saw him do. No. Was do a painting of whatever he was painting and then slap a scripture on it just to make it no. Christian. So... Would that make it a heresy if you did that? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if it makes it a heresy. I think it may make it more palatable for somebody looking for art to hang in their home or maybe in their office that right. they like the painting and go, oh, well, it's got the scripture at the bottom. That makes it even better. Right. And, and that's nothing against people who have scripture hanging in their house. There's absolutely no, I'm not, nothing wrong yeah, with that. Don't misunderstand. <laughs> not, yeah, not saying that at all. I'm just saying just because you slap a scripture on a frame of a painting doesn't make it Christian art. That's what I'm saying. Right. Especially when it's taken out of context. Right. Um, yeah. You know, one of the, one of the other things that for those listening, if you want a really good treatise or let me, a really good book or to read on Christian art. And it, it kind of comes out of that Jesus culture movement is it's a book by Francis Schaeffer. Um, and it's called art in the Bible. Um, really good read and it pretty much breaks down why Christians should engage in art and uh, from in the, I think the forward for that book is written by Michael Card actually um, who talks about the Jesus movement and all of that. So really, really good. I think essential read, especially if you're trying to deal with art and culture today. Awesome. So, yeah, I mean, we could, like I said, we could talk about this a lot more. And obviously, as the podcast continues and we do more episodes, we will probably focus more on specific topics. I'm sure we'll do some, uh, an episode specifically on Christian music. We'll 
uh, do some on Christian film. Um, but you know, just the reality is looking at art, um, as Christians and kind of our engagement in that, um, and really just trying to understand where we fit in all of that. So that, in my opinion, brings us to our third and final section. Oh, wait, wait time out. Oh, oh time, time out. out. Stop. Flag Hold on up. the play. That's, that's a, for, that's for a those, false start. For, for those of you that listened to the pilot episode, we talked about Petro. No, oh, that's right. My bad. I don't know. Perfectly fine. We talked about Petro. We talked about going to see them in concert when they came through, and we did. We, That's right. we went and, and saw we Petra. We petrid out um, for their 50th mm-hmm. anniversary tour. Um, so just as an update, we did go see it. Barry. Yes. What was your opinion? Because you'd never seen them in concert. Granted, That's you're right. 50 years late, but. That's right. What was well, your let me let me kick it off with a little uh, joke that. Uh, only Jason might know, but uh, I'm not ashamed that I went. <laughs> so, <laughs> all right. So, for those of you who actually got to go to any other concerts, you may or may not know what I'm saying here. But honestly, it was uh, Petro was great. Um, they were solid. So, I mean, John Schlitt was still belting it out after 50 years. I know he hasn't been with them for 50 years, but. Um, I mean, he was still just rocking it out and, uh, even, you know, Bob was up there just shredding on his guitar. So it was, it was really awesome to see. And what I actually really appreciated, um, I know a lot of people grew up and I know you've talked about this going and seeing them in like in arenas and then being in a big arena band. Honestly, I loved the smaller intimate feel of it because they still rocked hard, but it was just like a smaller group of people. So it was pretty cool to experience that in that setting. So yeah, highly recommend Petra still. They still got it. Yep. Um, I agree. They, they still got it. Um, and yeah, comparison, um, you know, I went to see them in arena versus I, I much prefer smaller venues. I, mm-hmm. I had, I, maybe it's just older me. I don't know, but, um, and, and there are some bands you still need to see in a big arena because that's the kind of band they are. But um, there is something with smaller crowds, and and John Schlitz still has it. I think. Yeah. I think the whole night. I think I heard. I, I think I heard him pull one note. Yeah, yeah. And, and that, that was, was early. Song. He was just early. warming up. Yep, that's right. It was it was early in the concert, um, but he he hit everything else. Mm-hmm. Um, and Bob. Goodness gracious. Happy birthday, Bob. Couple of, I mean, we're recording this as a couple of, couple of days past his birthday now, but, um, Bob spoke, um, which I've never heard him do. And maybe that's (laughs) just the size of the venue and in the 50th anniversary, but Bob, Bob spoke a little bit. So that was cool. Um, they played all of the songs that I think they could have possibly played in the time that they had. Um, yeah which, which was absolutely phenomenal. Um, and, and they even, you know, uh, with Bob speaking, you know, John spoke a little as well. So they didn't just, you know, get up there and play. They did some speaking as well, which was pretty cool. So yeah, if, if you're, I think they're doing their overseas leg right now, but mm-hmm. if, if Petra comes back around, I'd go see him again. Oh yeah, definitely. For sure. So now that brings us. That's, okay. I think that. I think that so, <laughs> all right. We've reset. Um, we've come out of the huddle and, uh, those are football terms for those of you who are not sports ball fans. Um, that will lead us into our third and final section of the podcast, which is our, now you said heresy of the day. Um, week, I believe it's month, heresy of year. the week. So, um, we're going to go ahead and, and correct that to the heresy of the week. <laughs> yeah. Um, even though the podcast is not yet weekly, um, hint, hint, anyone who wants to make that possible financially. Um, but the heresy of the insert time period here. Um, so 
Jason, you want to talk to us about uh, some heresies? What 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 is a heresy? So, a heresy. Um, well, I mean, we all say it all the time, so we all must know what it means, right? We right like, heretic heresy. It's just thrown about like it's everybody knows what it means. Um, I actually went to Merriam Webster uh, to see what how they defined it because that's who was a as, heretic as I do. I, that's mm-hmm. what I do. Um, yeah. Yeah. I went to, to the defining heretic, uh, to, to see. Um, so there's a two, there's like a one and a two and they ABC'd it out and all that stuff. But, um, essentially for what we're looking at and talking about it, we, I think we fall into the one a category of the definition and that's the adherence to a religious opinion, contrary to church dogma. Um, and you can go to B, which is specifically the Roman Catholic church, you know, going against the Roman Catholic church dogma. Um, you know, the, the second definition is dissent or deviation from a dominant theory, opinion or practice. Um, but we very much fall into that one a adherence to religious opinion, contrary to church dogma. And I'm not saying we do, but for our use of the word heresy, um, heresy of the week, um, we'll be covering things that could be contrary to church opinion, dogma, um, you know, that kind of thing. So, um, you may know some heresies historically. Um, I don't, know that we've, you know, I I think there's a couple that get thrown out a lot that people are familiar with. Um, Gnosticism being a big one, um, Mm -hmm. which that, that general belief is that salvation can be gained through a special form of secret knowledge, right? There's a secret way to get to heaven, uh, and get, you know, secure your salvation there. And there's a whole bunch more complexity and detail that comes with that, obviously, but, um, that's a secret and you'd have to figure it out. Um, the other one that I think there's two other ones that really are probably people are more prominently familiar with, and that's Arianism. Um, that's, that's a big one. And, and most of these that I'm mentioning are from the first, second and third century, um, back when the church was handing down official rulings of heresy and heretical beliefs. Um, so Arianism, he's, you know, Jesus was, you know, the general belief there was that Jesus was not co-eternal, but that he was created. Um, so which both Gnosticism and Arianism are both floating around today. So we'll, you'll probably hear us delve a little bit deeper into th- those two down the road. Um, and then the third one, that's probably the more, one of the other um, historical and, you know, popular historical is Pelagianism. Um, so that's that original sin did not um, taint human nature and that we can, achieve divine grace uh, in human perfection through our own free will. So we can actually work our way and and figure it out. Um, And so that's a, that's actually a fourth and fifth century heresy. So a little bit older than the other two. So those are, those are three that are the popular, you know, historical, but as I was looking through historical heresies, there's one that caught my eye and it's called Montanism. I don't know if you're familiar with this one or not, um, but it was founded by a prophet named Montanus. Um, I thought you were going to say Monty. That, Monty? That'd be cooler. Uh, yeah. Hey, it, it really would. It would kind of make Monty Python a whole, whole other right. thing, wouldn't it? Uh, <laughs> so, um, so the heresy in this one was that there was a belief in new prophetic figures. So mm. new prophets could show up on the scene and it, 
it wasn't just that, but they had a reliance on the spontaneity of the Holy Spirit. Which kind of sounds like s- some things possibly going on today. No, um, dare you say. <laughs> um, but the thing, I think the thing that the straw that broke the camel, camel's back for this one was that Montanus claimed to be possessed by God and spoke as God. Okay. Um, I think that's the, that's the one that kind of, kind of, they were like, Oh yeah, that's, that's a tad bit too far. Um, the prophecies in Montanism occurred during mad ecstasies. So not, not taking ecstasy. No, they okay. like, they kind of got into these fits and just kind of started babbling and, you know, spewing all this we, stuff. We don't see that today. No, not at all. Um, and, and the church actually tried to exercise these people. It, and when I say exercise, I don't mean take them for a lap. I mean, I mean right. they tried to cast the devils out of them right. is what they tried to do. Now we just give them their own campus, but. Or their own TV show. Um, so the other thing I think that happened here with this one was that the other, so there's two things I think that, that really put this in the heresy camp was that Montanus claimed that, you know, Christ's redemption was still not complete. Therefore, um, according to the Catholic news agency, this is a quote from them that, um, God possessed him in order to fulfill the salvation of all men. So that's why that became heretical. Um, The thing that I found interesting about this one is that there's a lot of parallels to modern day charismatic movement. Um, They, one of the things that I I saw was that um, they, you know, claimed that they contained the Holy Spirit's revelation for the present age. Um, you know, the other thing, there was another thing in here that, that kind of caught my eye too with Montanism is that they, um, were very conservative when it came to personal mora- morality. Mm-hmm. Um, they, very much emphasized chastity, virginity, martyrdom, and disapproval of second marriages. So, interesting. yeah, the, I, I found this is one that I didn't know about um, a whole lot. And I think it caught my eye because of the parallels to uh, some parallels to the, the modern charismatic movement, Pentecostalism, and some things like that. Yeah, what I, what I find interesting with all of them is like, when they reach the limit of, oh, okay, now it's it's heresy. It's like, did we not pick up on some red flags? Like, <laughs> way, way down at the bottom of the list. That we're, you know, I, they're like, let, let's just let this play out. You're like, yeah, what they're saying is, is heretical, but you know what? Let's just see where this is going to go. And then it gets to the point where they're like, oh, okay, yeah, that, that's far enough across the line. We're going to say something now. Like, when, when, when do we just say, you know, that first thing was wrong. <laughs> Let's just stop there. <laughs> Let's not let it keep going. Well, I mean, wouldn't you kind of think you would draw the line when you have to start sending exorcists to the, to the place to cast out demons? I mean, that's. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I Well, you would think so. I mean. But I guess, I, I mean, the, I mean, I, I know I've, I've heard a lot of people talk about like, when you think about the history of the church, especially in the early days when the Christianity was first forming and you had a lot of heresies going on where, you know, we look in hindsight and say, okay, well, that was obviously ridiculous, but in the time they were still figuring things out. You know, you had people, you know, that's why like when you have Paul and Peter and they come together and they're like, you know, we got to come to some agreements here. Like everybody's teaching different things. 
let's just let's come to some agreements and, and make this easier on everyone. Um, and I think there probably was a bit of that to where people were were actually trying to figure things out. Um, you know, I'm sure the name it claim it um, heresy started that way. You know, we're just gonna we're gonna see how much money we can make. Um, and then it got a little bit out of control, but, uh, out of, are you sure it got out of control? I, well, I mean, you know, I mean, some of these guys, they only have what four planes. So they're just blessed. They are blessed. Um, but you know, I mean, the reality is we're all looking for answers. And I think that when, when what we are trying to do that we think is the right thing doesn't seem to be working, we become desperate. And I think in desperation, that's when people start to cling to these ideologies and these heresies of, you know, well, maybe I'm wrong and maybe that's right. And I mean, like you said, we're seeing this in churches now. I mean, we're seeing this in certain levels of the Pentecostal church. We're obviously seeing this in uh, progressive Christianity of trying to make sense of things, trying to make things fit, trying to make people comfortable. And the reality is the truth hasn't changed. We are just trying to make it more palatable. Well, we're yet another sports ball reference. We're moving the goalpost. That's right. Right. Right into the Tennessee river. That's right. I mean, we're, they, they're pulling it up, walking it down the street and throwing it in the river. The, the, the Bible hasn't changed. Right. Right. Culture has changed. Right. And rather than, and it's been changed, it's been changing like Ecclesiastes, nothing new under the sun. We're just cycling through yet another cycle of culture um, we think we've done it all before. We think this is all new. Um, and it's not, um, no. we're, it's just new to us. It's, right. it's, it's like that used couch you went, you go and buy and it's new to you, right? It's, it's, it's piracy. Just, it, that too. Um, it, it's, it, we're trying to figure it out because right. we haven't seen it before. It, because well, for one thing, we don't, people aren't paying attention to what has mm-hmm. come. What, what's that? Is there, I think there's a, like, I, like I, I'm, I'm saying it and it's like, it's right there. There's some sort of saying about those who think they know history or I, I don't know, something about being doomed to repeat something or other. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I forgot already. Yeah. Um, I just, if it was not TikTok. I can't remember it. Yeah. I just, know the secret to life and everything in it. It's like 42 or something. I don't know. Right. Um, but, but it, in all seriousness, it's, it's, it's moving. It, like rather than, rather than coming back to to scripture and understanding it in, in its context, we're taking in saying, Oh, well, this is what's going on in culture. How can I make the, the Bible fit. And that's where you get into heresy. Right. When you reverse it. Right. Well, and then even in our culture, going back to what we were discussing at the beginning, we grew up in a Christian culture in the eighties and in the nineties. And so many people are embarrassed by that. So what they feel like they have to do is rewrite Christianity to, to make it seem like you see how stupid that was. Rather than saying, well, what did they actually get right? Or what were they trying to do? Um, because, I mean, honestly, I, yes, there was a business aspect of it. And I'm not going to you know, look a, a past that, that there were companies and corporations that were profiting off of that culture. But there were people doing good things. Um, and they weren't doing anything outside of biblical truth, but because 
so many people in our generation were embarrassed by it. They feel like they have to like disassociate themselves from it completely. Well, yeah, uh, you know, there's, there's that piece of it. And I, I think that goes back to what I said at the kind of at the beginning, right. It, with mm-hmm. the whole deconstruction thing. Right. Is, and I don't want to speak for you, but I will say for me that I'm not throwing out the foundation. Right. Right. Jesus is the foundation. I'm not throwing him out and I'm not throwing scripture out. I've got to figure out, I've I've got, when things change, you've got to reconcile it. Right. Right. Um, I can't, somebody said that about science and I, I can't remember who said it, but when science, you know, proves a law and, and, Scripture says one thing, and and there's actually a scientific law that's been proven. Then you've got to be able you've got to be able to reconcile the two, and it's same thing with culture. You've got to reconcile it, but Scripture doesn't change. God doesn't change, so culture does. Mm-hmm. Exactly, and we either stick with the truth. We stick with the culture. And I think that that is a you know, great point for us to really close with. And I'm going to close this out with a little quote here, um, kind of going back to a conversation we've been having for the last two episodes. And that's Petra. I'm going to read some Petra lyrics here to close this out. Jason, you're going to know exactly what this is. Though the winds may blow and though the floods may grow, I shall not be moved. And why is that, Jason? Because I am on the rock. Uh, That's right. That's right. (laughs) All right. Well, this has been Potpourri and Lanyap. Thank you all for listening again. I am Barry Wirtz. And I'm Jason Goodman. Have a good one.